Merry Christmas, everybody, and thanks for watching our very first episode of Coffee with Bearded Bad Dad. Hope you enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Drinking Coffee with Bearded Bad Dad. I'm your host, Ricky. This is my co-host and wife. Ashley. How are you guys doing? How are you doing this morning? Good. A little bit of a scratchy throat. Yeah, I got that going on, too. It's a little bit under the weather, but hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So today we're going to give you a little bit of introduction to our podcast here. We're just starting out. We don't, you know, we uh, we kind of know what we're doing, but... Uh, we're, we're really just, just winging it. <laughs> we're just shooting from the hip. Uh, I This is something I've always wanted to do for a long time, um, but th- we've been putting this show together for about three years now. It's been rough trying to get all the equipment together, trying to figure out what we're doing, trying to get, you know, it it started out, I thought it was going to be real simple. I thought it was going to be easy, but it it turned out to be a a big old, a lot of work is what it it turned out to be. And now we're here, ready to start going and and start plugging out content for you guys. We're going to do this. This is going to be a weekly show for now. What I'd ultimately like to do is turn this into a daily show kind of like a morning stop morning show style format you know we get some people in here to talk to them and talk to some guests talk to you know my co-host here and and uh hopefully we'll have lots of great shows in the future all right so just to give you a little description of our podcast um coffee with bearded bad dad is a weekly podcast about navigating the daily challenges of being an unconventional parent in a conventional world um, so we're going to dive into parenting children with autism and ADHD, all while managing bearded bad dad's own mental health. Which I have a lot of them. <laughs> mental health issues or yeah. children? Both. <laughs> Both. Uh, so more than just parenting, uh, bearded bad dad will discuss life, love, and the pursuit of happiness with co-host and guest. Uh, so please hit that subscribe button. And get ready to find the humor in the stay-at-home dad's crazy life, which may make you feel a little bit better about yours. Awesome. That sounds like uh, sounds like we're going to share quite a bit of our life stories with these guys. Yeah. I have a lot of funny, funny, funny stories. Um. Well, uh, who are we? So let's let's tell them. Let's give them. Let's give them an idea, kind of who we are. I'm. 38 you know we live in the midwest you know we live near kansas city go chiefs um uh what else do life i've been a stay-at-home dad since 2014 um it's been pretty fun pretty challenging at times but uh it's been very very rewarding i would have to say and uh let's tell let's tell the folks a little bit about you well, I'm 37 years old, almost 38. Um, I'm a environmental services manager, and our roles are pretty reversed. <laughs> uh, since I get to leave the house and go to work every day, um, and then you know I come home and I just do what's left over after. Ricky's, you know, clean the house, took care of kids. Yeah, I always had to say, I always said if if the kids had to eat my cooking, nobody'd like me. (laughs) 
Or they'd eat a whole lot of ramen noodles. A whole whole lot of ramen noodles. But I, I can say the things that I can cook, I can cook well. But anything else I try, I got to give it a practice go first. That way I don't I don't mess up and feed the kids something inedible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we all enjoy your cooking. Do you do you like cooking? I love cooking. You love cooking. And What's, we love cooking for large groups of people. We do. We do. So every now and then uh, for family get-togethers, we'll have a wedding. We'll have uh, graduations. graduations. That's another good one that we Baby done. showers. Hey, we just did a baby shower. We're going to be grandparents. You know, in uh, what is it, March? We're going to be grandparents. Yep. That's pretty exciting. Uh, Next year will be our first Christmas with a grandkid. Uh, This Christmas, though, I am, uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of sad that my kids aren't going to be here. Not all of them. But we can get into that in a little bit when we we talk about the uh, the meat of the show right now we're just kind of trying to do introductions who we are what we do uh, tell you a little bit about our lives which to sum it up our lives would be a whole lot of crazy wrapped up in a little tiny sliver of calm what do you think Some, so a lot of people come to us for, a lot of people come to us, a lot of people that we know come to us for some advice on, on certain things. And, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, I don't know any more than, about what I'm doing than you do. So, you know, I don't know why you're coming to me. But <laughs> Like I said, we're just winging it. <laughs> we're winging most things in life. Absolutely. It's kind of like we're winging this show right now. I wanted to go, like, unscripted. I didn't want to do... A, a scripted type show and I'll tell you why because when you when you do a scripted show it feels a little bit wooden it boring. feels like boring very boring there's not enough I mean you can wedge your own personality in there but if you've got a script written out that you have to kind of stick to the it, it, it kind of messes things up like I can't I couldn't read and look at the camera I couldn't read and look at you at the same time so you know I get it it is what it is, but uh, anyway. I guess we just have talking points. Talk, yeah, talking points. Scripted. Well, you know, we got a little bit of talking points here on this paper, but I think we've, uh, I think we've already outgrew this paper here. <laughs> we've okay. talked, we've talked a little bit about everything so far. So, when when you go to work, like, how how long are you at work? Uh, I work eight hours. And don't you have two jobs? During the day, I do. And then I work two more hours in the evening. So in your primary job, you you get up and you work work eight hours at that job. And so when you get up to leave in the morning, what's, what's your typical, what's your typical morning like when you get up to go to work? I get up before everybody else gets up, so that way I can fight for the bathroom before Sully gets up. I bet some of you ladies out there can identify with that. We only have one bathroom. We have a tiny, well, I wouldn't say tiny. It's a medium-sized house. It's a 1,000 square feet. And four boys live here with one girl, so. Four boys? You can imagine what I go through. One girl, so there's five of us in this thousand square feet house 
And, uh, well, okay, so it's a two-bedroom house, but we've made pretty good use of the garage. Uh, right now, right, this is where we are right now. We're in my garage. Uh, we got this studio set up behind us, but my son, my oldest son, he lives just right over there. And let me tell you, one of these days I'm going to turn that camera around and I'm going to embarrass him. Let's not make that today. No, no. I'm going to wait until I have more people. Maybe you know. when he, you know, sleep over there in his Well, you know, lounge. they they have those, you know, those selfie sticks. So it, if I was making a like a little commercial or a little ditty or something, I can, you know, hey, check this out. Look, this is where the oldest lives, you know, and. <laughs> in his hobbit hut. <laughs> that's so funny that's so funny so we kind of we kind of make fun of our oldest son uh for his for his height sometimes i i say make fun it's not quite that serious we we give him a little jabbing every now and then but uh i'm i when i graduated high school when i would have graduated high school in 2003 i was six foot three and my son my oldest son is what do you think he's five foot eight isn't he uh oh He's probably 5'9". I'm 5'8". Okay, so 5'9". And his 14-year-old little brother is 6' tall. So. And the 4-year-old little brother is about is, half is, his yeah, height. Yeah, he's quickly gaining up on him. Quickly gaining up on him. I, I, I got a family full of giants, and my oldest son isn't a giant. And it's, it's, it's humorous sometimes. He blames it on his mom. We all blame it on his mom. <laughs> Love you, Caleb's mom. <laughs> we don't want to be making anybody mad, I guess. Um, so anyway, you know, your typical morning, you get up at before everybody else. And I'd say about 5.30 a.m. Is that is that accurate? Most days. So I'm not awake, and I'll tell you why, because I don't wake myself up, which I, I bet a lot of moms out there can identify having to, with having to wake up everybody in the house and get them going. Yeah. And uh, so usually that would be my job since I'm stay-at-home dad. However, I kind of take over everything else, and if it doesn't have my stamp of approval on it, it doesn't get done. And uh, so, and you, you get to sleep with headphones on at night. Well, I have to sleep with headphones on now. I've been doing it for so long. I have these noise counseling headphones that I wear at night, and I play a little YouTube video in my head while I'm sleeping. And uh, it's a usually twenty thirty minute quick video, but I tell you, I'd never never remember halfway through. I, there's occasionally I'll be laying there and I'll make it all the way through a video and then I'll put my headphones on the floor. But most of the time I fall asleep with my headphones on and then I wake up and they're, they're all Choking over the place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's, uh, that's when I wake up in the morning is when you wake me up and that's usually at about six thirty AM. So you've already been up for an hour you, in that hour. You've already showered. You've gotten coffee ready for my day. You've gotten coffee ready for your day. And you've also got the middle kid up and awake. And how long does it take the middle kid to get up and ready for school? 
getting up isn't a problem. Like, as soon as you wake him up, he's up out of bed in the closet getting clothes. Once he makes his way to the bathroom, it's probably 10 minutes before I hear the shower even start. And then once he's in the shower, it's probably another 30 minutes. Yeah. We don't until he's out. And then another 10 in the bathroom after the shower. Which is why you have to wake up so early because you have to get in the shower to get your hot water before the middle son gets up and takes his shower. And drains all the hot water. And drains all the hot water. So we're buying this house. Uh, First house, first first home purchase. We've, We've rented this place for 10 years almost. And I've been trying to get the owner of the house to sell it to me pretty much since we've lived here. And finally... We, we agreed to make the make the deal, and uh, so that's what we've been dealing with the last week and a half, you know, and uh, first time, first time home buyers, and that goes back, you know, to our age here. We're, we're 37 and 38 years old, and a lot of people don't buy their first homes until they're in the mid-30s. I didn't know if you knew that, but I looked that up the other day. So we're right on track. You know, we're a couple of years later than everybody else, but we're, we're right on track. But we get up, you, you get up at 5.30 every morning to get in the shower and get everybody up, get our day started. And so by 6.30, I'm up, the middle kid is up, and, you know, the middle kid is in the shower. We got one bathroom in this house. And so 6.30, I get up, and then it's we're, we're, we want to be out the door by 7 to take the middle son to school and to take you to work. And then I come back here and hang out with the 4-year-old until 11.30-ish to, before he goes to school. And just something we forgot, the 4-year-old is the hardest one in the house to wake up. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he's my like, goodness. He's, he's like a teenager trying to wake worse. up. Worse. You have to like carry his limp little body still it's asleep out into the front room to get him to, to wake up. To wake our youngest up is worse than a teenager, in my opinion, because a teenager won't wake up at five o'clock in the morning when he's ready to get up and cause a bunch of hate and discontent to get everybody else up. Wait until ten o'clock in the morning when everybody's like, "Where is he? Why is he still sleeping?" And he comes out, and, or you can't get him awake. And this was the, you know, this four-year-old never slept. Oh, my goodness. As a baby. And I, now that's all he wants to do is sleep. You know, I, I did a little bit of looking up about, uh, you know, uh, what, what do you call that uh, issue that mothers have? Postpartum depression. That's what it is. I looked that up to see if, if guys could get postpartum depression. Did you know guys could get postpartum depression? I didn't know that. And then, you know, when I was taking when I was taking care of the baby, I hated my life. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't. Uh, there was he, the poor little guy wouldn't sleep. He was always screaming. And then just just when I drift off to sleep, he'd ah wake me up and. That was the most, probably the most insane time of my life. I, I remember thinking, when is this going to end? 
when is this, is he ever going to sleep? Is he okay? You know, that's, I, I worried about that for the longest. Now I look back on it and I think we didn't feed him enough, but his autism diagnosis really, really made, helped me understand why he was the way he was. And uh, now. He was about 14 months old before he started sleeping well, all now, night long. And, and now we, he has his little idiosyncrasies, idiosyncrasies like anyone else. You know, I have my idiosyncrasies that, you know, nobody as at times I can be a little bit difficult to deal with. At, I say at times, most of the time, I'm a little bit difficult to deal with. But with our youngest, the challenge was trying to figure out what he wanted because he couldn't communicate with it, what he wanted or what he needed because he couldn't communicate with us. And now he's verbal. He's four, and he is verbal. He speaks with us, um, and he's fully potty trained he goes uh number one and number two on his own the number two is fairly recent we're very proud of that <laughs> and we celebrate it every time oh yeah and high fives all around high fives all around absolutely I, I that's one of the my favorite part of the day actually if 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 our youngest isn't awake our my favorite part of the day is when he wakes up because he wakes up with the biggest smile on his face. He says, hi, daddy. And I say, hey. How are you? How are you? That's right. <laughs> and then I, I always reply with the same thing. I'm good or I'm wonderful. <laughs> and, and he seems to like that. But when you, when, when after you're already up and it's 6.30 in the morning and our middle son is getting out of the shower, for the next half hour, what is your day like for between 6:30 and 7 a.m. what is your day like because i know what my day's like and listening to it is kind of nuts so um having to repeat things that i need sully to do prior to leaving like sully put your pants on sully put deodorant on sully brush your teeth Sully, take your medicine. Sully, get your breakfast. And then having to repeat it over every five minutes. Oh, yes. And multi-step multi direct multi directions. That's not happening, is no. it? No. You have to do one Excuse thing me. at a time for Sully. And that's, that's kind of where I got part of the idea uh, for this podcast from Joe Rogan. Uh, he big inspiration for me um, because he does and says what he wants without fear of other folks wanting to take what you know he he doesn't let censorship stop him from giving his true unadulterated opinion he might censor himself sometimes but he doesn't uh, just out of uh, respect not well, not and, and not he's because so he's calm he, he is he is like some of the people i don't know maybe it's just because he's a celebrity like he'll probably be like oh he's had that he, <laughs> he has absolutely had people get starstruck on his show and he deals with that very well uh, well no i'm surprised he doesn't get starstruck because that's uh, what i would be like he does oh. he does and he speaks about it and that's and that's 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 how i deal with it 
you know, like I've been starstruck a few times and if I actually had conversations with those people, I'd be able to articulate, hey, you know, I been I've I've been waiting to meet you for so long, you know, I'm kind of nervous, really excited, you know, and and at that point we're just people. You know, once you get over that initial, oh my goodness, this is so and so. Once you get over that initial, we're just people. Well, and you have to kind of think like when I saw Derek Naughty at Walmart, you have to think like, ah, oh, he's a person too. Exactly. Well, it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> hard. Uh, well, okay. So where we live, we have training camp for a, a big NFL team, and uh, you already kind of said is Derek Naughty. He's kind of a big guy on the defense. So Kansas City Chiefs, we have training camp here uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, and every now and then you'll see players walking around town. And I implore you to leave them alone. Let them live their own lives. And if you're going to talk to them, be respectful. Don't, you know, don't shove things out. Sign this, sign this. Because at the end of the day, we want them to be here and enjoy their time here. And and uh, that's one thing that I've never... And spend their money locally. <laughs> that's right, spend locally. That's one thing that I've never really done is I've never really... I've, I've seen a couple famous people here and there, but I've never went to never wanted to go over and interrupt them well i was starstruck when i saw the mom from a christmas story when did you see her back in like 2004 oh my goodness 2005 in the restaurant i worked at i may have heard that story before don't ask me like why but i was like oh my gosh it's the mom from a christmas story is that the same place that (laughs) where meatloaf came in that's neat. That's neat. But so I wasn't there that day when Meatloaf came in. So there's a little bitty town that's in between us and Kansas City, and it's 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 a nice nice place, but it's it's definitely a suburb. Uh, it's small, and there's a little there's a little cafe there. There used to be a little cafe there. I don't know if it's no, still open. It's not there no more. And every now and then you'd have celebrities stop in get a bite to eat because it was right off the highway and I, I bet there was a lot of a lot of cool people coming in and out of there a lot of cool i think uh where was it where it wasn't too far from there where alice cooper a few years ago uh stopped in it was it alice cooper stopped in in a waffle house i have no idea uh, I just remember seeing it on Facebook, local Facebook people. Everybody's making a big deal out of everything <laughs> sometimes. But uh, so uh, back to our our usual mornings. Uh, so uh, si- in between six thirty and seven, that's kind of a rough time because the you know the middle ch- middle child we haven't we hadn't said names up until that well. point but our middle child's name is Sully and it's not short for anything it's just Sully and uh when Sully gets up it's about 6 a.m and he gets in the shower he gets out of the shower multi-step directions really trip him up mm-hmm. and so if you're going to tell him to do something you have to tell him one step at a time otherwise halfway through that he's going to forget and he's just going to do his own thing. And so that usually happens two or three times a morning we have to redirect him. Yeah, and then it's 6.58, and he doesn't have socks on or shoes. And he hasn't eaten breakfast yet. Yeah. 
really have to walk out the door in two minutes. And that's uh, that's w- another thing, the breakfast. Uh, so the entire school where my son goes, he goes to public school, the entire school gets free breakfast and lunch. So he has an opportunity to eat at school. He has an opportunity to eat at home. And most of the time we play, it's kind of difficult to get him up, showered, dressed, and fed in an hour. And whereas you and I could wake up and be ready to go within 10, 15 minutes as long as the coffee's ready. Right. And which it takes forever to do our coffee now because we have a French press. We're bougie. Uh, Life-changing. (laughs) Life-changing. I've had drip coffee my entire life. And then I started... um, So... What year was that? It's 2021. I have weight loss surgery. Um, or was it 20? No, it was 20. It was 2020? No, was it? It was because Rocket was a year old. Okay. So, no, it was during COVID. So that would have been 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So, August of 2020, I had weight loss surgery. Uh, my he- I, My heaviest, I was 519 pounds. So I've lost 300 of that now. Um, it's a work in progress. I'm still trying to, still trying to lose more, but uh, it is what it is. You know, we're we can't all be perfect. Um, but when I, when I went in for for that weight loss surgery, every morning was difficult for me to get up, and I have lost my train of thought. I forgot. You're talking where. about coffee and. Oh yeah, so where I got where we yeah. the French press? Okay, <laughs> okay. So that's gonna happen from time to time, folks. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the the French press and how we got into that was uh, a, a couple years ago during uh, August of 2020. I had weight loss surgery, and after that, I loved coffee before that, but before I had the the weight loss surgery, any black coffee would do i loved black coffee any black coffee would do i drank folgers almost exclusively i loved folgers at that time but after the weight loss surgery weak coffee upset my stomach and i couldn't drink weak coffee so i switched to a different brand of coffee we won't mention them because they're not paying us (laughs) (laughs) but we we switched to a different brand of coffee it's my favorite coffee in the world right now um i would be persuaded if somebody wanted to send me some uh but anyway this this coffee is pretty great but drip coffee it you know the grounds were so there were so many grounds that to make the coffee correctly in a drip maker the the grounds would overfill the cup Mm -hmm. so we had to kind of weaken it down a little bit and drip coffee it took about, I don't know, 10 minutes at the most. And we were good to go. And then my wife here wanted to introduce me to uh, a French a French press. press. Thanks to my cousin, Jessica. Well, we were kind of tossing around business ideas one day. <laughs> and we were sitting around discussing. And my wife was talking about, hey, you ever had French press coffee? No, what is that? 
And then she showed me a, a YouTube video. Of and then we ended up watching YouTube videos on French press coffee for like the next two hours. Yes. And then we went and got a French press coffee maker. And I will, it, it, it's not the same. It is not the same as drip coffee. It's, it's much stronger. It is much smoother. It is much full, much more full bodied taste. Like it wasn't, uh, uh, now in drip coffee seems like it was an, a an afterthought, like somebody was in a hurry. Instant, instant coffee is almost what I think about when I drink it now. But uh, this stuff is wonderful. And just if you're paying attention to our mugs here and our coffee cup cozies and our little our coasters, coasters, this is courtesy of. Uh, you probably should have written that down. My sister-in-law's friend, Molly. Molly makes these. Thank you very much, Molly. I love mine. When I, when I saw, so how that got started is you wanted to go check out your sister-in-law's booth at uh, a type of uh, like a flea market type. I guess you could say place. flea market. So it, it was where a bunch of sellers were meeting. And uh, there was some homemade. Yeah, it was like a craft. Yeah, show. yeah. It was a small little, small little thing, but we wanted to go show our support for our sister-in-law. And uh, she she made some homemade earrings, and she had made some uh, uh, other she pieces makes, of art. Yeah, jewelry, homemade jewelry, handmade jewelry. Oh, and I can't, I cannot wait to get one of her paintings. Oh yeah, she's a very not good not artist paintings. Too. One her her uh, you know those charcoal drawings. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, there's she's got so many good ones, but I totally can't afford one yet. I'm saving up my money. I promise. Um, I but I can't wait to have one of those charcoals. I, I I just absolutely love them. I don't think she's done one that I don't like. But we wanted to go support that whole thing, and what we ended up doing was we. We supported her and her booth mate, Molly. And I saw this little coffee cup with the the uh, crochet koozie on it. I just fell in love. I thought, that is that is so neat. And then the coasters. Mine says, mine says, well, that's not a good sign. And it's a fella standing next to a sign that says bad. So obviously not a good sign. And I saw that, and I was like, I got to have it. And so we bought them. And my coaster says, you make me moist. So. And that is hilarious. <laughs> That's the kind of parents we are. You know, we, uh, I, I want to talk about how you'll never be a perfect parent, ever. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say. You'll never be a perfect parent. And there's no such thing as a perfect kid. We're all very imp imperfect people. And that leads me to the... We've, we've said enough about each other right now. You know, this is going to be a weekly, weekly show, so I'm sure everybody's going to learn a lot of stuff about us. What do you think? Yeah, probably more than what they need to. Probably. <laughs> so, uh, the 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 parenting imperfect 
imperfect parenting is kind of what I call it, or uh, unconventional parenting. I am a honest parent. I'm not a great parent, hence the name Bearded Bad Dad. I'm not a perfect parent. I'm far from it. But that is what makes me a, a good parent. in my opinion, is because I acknowledge that I'm not perfect, nor will I ever be. And I don't expect my kids to be perfect either. And I think when I've run into the issue a couple, not, it's not really an issue. I've run into a, a, a little thing the last couple, uh, people I've ran into that are getting ready to start families. Um, one of them, my niece, she's having a little bit of difficulties with, with her new family and, um, my daughter, um, my daughter is having, you know, our first grandbaby and my niece just had her baby and, uh, my niece is having a little bit of difficulties right now and it just, uh, with, I think it's sleep. Uh, the baby's colicky, so she's under a lot of stress and stuff. So um, that's nothing abnormal. That is not anything out of the ordinary for a baby to get colicky um, and irritable and not, hey, you know, am I doing a good job? Um, th- but that r- reminds me because both both those kids, um, um, our daughter is not, obviously hasn't given birth yet so she's kind of still in that mindset of things have got to be perfect things you know I'm planning things this way and things have got to go to plan well ladies and gentlemen nothing ever goes to plan when it comes to parenting nothing you can you can be the best parent in the world and you're still going to screw your kid up somehow it's one thing or another is going to be screwed up with your kid we're all good it's going to happen it's what do you think yeah like i was just thinking you know like you know sully like he was my first kid and i was like oh i'm not gonna do this and i'm not gonna do that i remember the first time he's screaming because he wants what you're drinking instead of what he's drinking you just want the screaming to stop give it to him like, okay, here, have the Pepsi. Yes, yes. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. And so I then, know exactly you know, you when Rocket came along, I thought, okay, this is my second chance. This is my chance to do things the perfect way. And wow. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, our youngest son's <laughs> name is really Rocket. That is his name. It's not short for anything. It is Rocket. And he, uh, he threw every plan out the window every plan i'm telling you i we love to travel and that's one of the things that we were going to do after children is travel we were going to do nothing but travel rocket was a surprise and and we were ready to live our best life <laughs> like we're living our, we're living our best <laughs> life right now and that's kind of the point of this whole conversation today is because Nothing ever goes to plan when it comes to parenting, but at the end of the day, we're all okay. Everything's going to be all right because we have each other and we have love. And if you got those, if you have those two things, you'll never be without, you know, as long as you have your family and you have love, 
you have everything you'll ever need. Except for money. We all need money. I mean, it helps, right? No. Have you met the tax man? No, and I don't want to. Yeah, me either. Although I owe him several thousands of dollars right now. That's neither here nor there. You might need to cut that out. Don't don't come at me, bro. <laughs> I don't want none of that Uncle Sam guy. Uh, but anyway, so the imperfect parenting is is I I like to call it imperfect parenting or unconventional parenting, you know, because I may not have the best mouth in the West. Sometimes I have to say cur- curse words. Imagine that, but I'm I'm honest. I'm an honest guy, and I find that being honest helps with parenting, and especially with education, especially with educating your kids. If if uh, if your child says, or if your child's doing something and you want them to stop doing whatever they're doing, you say stop that, and they say why. Your you what your response should almost never be because I said so. It should almost never be that. You should explain to them why you want them to stop doing that, whether it be you just want them to do quit doing that because it's irritating. You say, because that's irritating me and I don't like it, please stop. And at that point, you've explained to them why you want them to stop and why it matters that they stop. But and the problem that I have most of the time when I do that is there's no consequences when they keep going. So I'm very inconsistent when it comes to that. I'm a very inconsistent parent sometimes. And I, I, that would probably help with parenting if I was more consistent. Well, I mean, I think that our kids, all of them, you have to have more patience with them than your neurotypical children absolutely and i don't know how i was blessed with four children with adhd but i think they all got it from me because as i get older i find that it's getting worse i find it's very hard to pay attention to things unless i'm interested Um, and that's part of the reason why i'm a stay-at-home dad is because uh in 2019 i tried to get a quote unquote regular job and that didn't work out very well for the last so up to that point for the last uh what year was it it was oh no it was 2014 was the last job i had so um between so the five years in between 2014 and 2019 the four or five years in between there, I was taking care of everything. I was taking care of all the bills. I was cleaning the house, taking care of all the kids. And then when I went to to go try to get a quote unquote real job, what had happened was we needed two different shifts. So you you needed one shift, which was day shift, and I needed a different shift, which happened to be second shift and I worked at a call center well no I was working night shift at that time at night night shift so you were working third shift at that time Mm -hmm. okay okay that and that made it more difficult because you had to sleep during the day I I remember now because training was a pain in the ass because I had to train half the day outside 
of my office and then I was able to move back to my office halfway through the training day and that was a mess but uh, I tried to get a, a, a job and tried to join the workforce and it just seemed like every day I went to work something would fall apart at the house um, somebody would show up that required my attention or a, a, um, a bill would not get paid and I would have to deal with that or something would happen while I was at work and somebody would have to call me so it only took two months I, I had to quit but before I quit I had so much anxiety before leaving the house that it was almost I, I would almost cry on the way to work because leaving the house gave me that much anxiety because it was like what's going to happen today when I leave the house or what's not going to get taken care of today when I leave the house how is rocket being treated while I'm gone all those things were were a factor in that and then also you weren't sleeping and so that was a, a big a big part of why I had to quit was because my anxieties and then you weren't sleeping so you would ask me hey would you mind you know quitting and I said mind I want to <laughs> <laughs> but being a stay-at-home dad certainly has its challenges I, I don't want to make it sound like the easiest job in the world but I've got probably the best job in the world and I don't I don't know you, you could pay me a million dollars to do something else and I probably still want to be a stay-at-home dad yeah I wouldn't want to probably want your job oh it's stressful sometimes I tell you I tell you but it's getting easier the older the older the well, and I don't know what gets. you're gonna do next year I do I'm gonna work it's like you're not gonna have any kids at home because now I own a business and I'm starting to live my dreams finally that's pretty exciting I've you know uh, talking about podcasting you know I've always kind of wanted to be in broadcast journalism I don't know I'm you and I've discussed this many times when I was a kid one of my favorite things to do was movies I love to watch movies and so Siskel and Ebert were huge when I was a kid and I used to stay up and watch Siskel and Ebert on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And that was, they were adults and they were old when I was young. And so watching them and looking back and, and, and they always had a good take on a lot of the movies. And then I, I started liking movies and giving my own reviews to my parents, you know. And so I, I, I always kind of wanted to be a movie reviewer. And I think maybe eventually I'd like to do that. But that's where my love of broadcast journalism, radio, TV, movies, I, I think that's where it all started was when I was a kid and, and was watching, you know, movie reviews. And uh, do you remember uh, that, that old show is like Access Hollywood or mm -hmm. something? Yeah. I used to watch that late at night, too. And uh, there was another one. Uh, I can't. I can hear the the tone, uh, the tune in my head. Um, 
do you remember? I can't remember his name now, but I remember who he's married to. Uh, he's a football player, ex-football player, ex-NFL player, he, and he married Bill Cosby. Uh, the Bill Cosby show, the mom on Bill Cosby show, he married her. I can't remember his name, but he was on a show on E! And it was one of those late night, extra, extra was it extra? Extra, yeah. yes. Yeah. yes. So I it was, was thinking on, like entertainment tonight. Yeah, yeah. So it was on late at night, and I'd seen those shows, and I, you know, since you've known me, we've been together for 17 years, long time, 17 wonderful years. But since you've known me, what's one of those things that I've always been into? Celebrities yeah. and, 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 and the lifestyles of, of how the celebrities live and movies and entertainment, music, um, so I, I think this fits right in my wheelhouse. Now, I don't know the technical things that are going on over there. I have no idea what's going on. I bought all that stuff, but I don't know how any of it works. I'm looking at a camera right now. That I don't, I know very little about it. And as far as all the editing equipment and all that, I, I picked it out. That's about as far as it went. Yeah, read some reviews. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, I've, I've actually, one of my, my favorite podcasts, uh, which is the Julian Dory podcast, shout out. Uh, I love the Julian Dory podcast. It, it, I don't think a single podcast that he's put out that I, I haven't liked. Um, and I was in a conversation with him and uh, he did a live premiere a few times and I he he's in the chats talking with us on YouTube and I've, I've had a, a couple conversations with him about the editing software he used and stuff like that and Premiere Pro is what I wanted to use from the get-go and and so I asked him hey is that what you use and he said yeah and so we downloaded it you know and got got already and then opened up and wow that's a lot <laughs> that's a, a whole lot like when we opened it up i imagine that emoji that has like the brain yes, exploding yeah. like <laughs> that's instantly yeah, what i thought yeah there's just like a lot of boxes and a lot of little words and a lot of lines and a lot of dots and and i didn't know what any of it meant so you know that that's that this whole process that's what's taken so long in this process is because this right here is about the only thing I know how to do. Yeah. Well, and you know, we skipped those parts on introductions where you know you have no formal education past the 8th grade. That's right. That's but right. But you're very intelligent. I I know how to read, folks. Don't don't <laughs> don't let her tell you that. And, you know, I have a formal education. I have a college degree, but that doesn't mean I know what I'm doing. So let's dig into that a little bit. <laughs> let's unpack what you just said. So I have very little formal education past the eighth grade. And what happened to me was I got lost in the cracks of society, really. Uh, everybody kind of gave up on me, didn't know what to do with me. And I don't know if I had... ADHD or behavioral issues or I, I, I really don't know what the hell was wrong with me 
to, to, to be honest with you. I just know I was a naughty kid, and I kind of grew out of it, kind of. I think it's because you were the baby yeah, of the family. Yeah, I was, I was uh, well, you know, my mom did hit me a lot, so, you know. Is I mean, that love? <laughs> there, was, uh, there was no lack of discipline there. Um, there may not have been enough discipline, but there was no lack of discipline. Um, so all through grade school, I had a great time through grade school, uh, kindergarten through fifth grade is when I can remember things really started changing for me is when it stopped being fun. And I had a, I had a teacher. He was wonderful. And he, my fifth grade teacher, after I left his class and joined in the sixth grade group, that was kind of when uh, the little kids stopped being little kids and the big kids started being big kids. It was sixth grade-ish. And so when I left the my favorite teacher's class and went to the the big kids class uh, in sixth grade halfway through that year I moved to a small town and I don't know if you're familiar with the way small towns work you're from a small town you know small town politics small town kids mm-hmm. outsiders etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, the school I moved to was actually just about a year more advanced where they were in their studies than I was. So I had to play catch up and that wasn't very fun, but I did it. Um, I took a lot of tutoring and stuff. So I was in tutoring the sixth and seventh grade. And then when the eighth grade came along, I just, I gave up, I was ready to quit. And then, uh, so a lot of tooth pulling and poking and prodding, I graduated the eighth grade. Why we have graduations for the eighth grade is beyond me. Uh, We don't do it where we're from, but uh, just five miles across the river, they do. We did it in my small town. It it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. (laughs) It just doesn't. But anyway, so once I went into the ninth grade, I completely gave up on everything. The only classes that I passed were choir and JROTC, which is Junior Reserve Officers Training Corps, which is a division of the Army. And so it's for high schoolers. And ROTC, which is Reserve Officers Training Corps, that's, is, that's the collegiate level of... of uh, we would just call it training for the military. That's the collegiate level for training for the military. Those are the only two classes I passed my freshman year. My sophomore year, I passed. Uh, I passed choir and I passed Spanish for one semester, and I passed JROTC for the entire year. My junior year, I was kicked out. And. When I was kicked out, they brought me into the office and they had a conversation with me. I was kind of a pain in the ass kid anyway, but they said, either you quit or we're going to force you out. And I said, I quit. And then I never looked back. But I looked back on those experiences from when I was younger to try to help me deal with my own kids because I know a lot of what they're going through because I remember what it was like going through it myself and like going through school 
was difficult for me, but it was fun. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of friends, you know, and, and that was therein lied the problem. Nobody else cared outside my friends. Uh, they all just wanted me to do the things that everybody else was doing, and I couldn't learn that way. I couldn't. I couldn't focus. You know whether whether maybe I needed to be on medication at the time. I don't know. Yeah, if you asked my mom, uh, God rest her soul. If you asked my mom, there was nothing wrong with me. I was well behaved at home. I was well behaved, you know, ish, at school. Ish. Uh, so there was, there was really no reason for me to give up the way I did. And now looking back on it and seeing the issues that my children are having in school. And I'm like, that's what was wrong with me is I didn't have a me. I didn't have anybody to stick up for me. And that's part of the problem in schools today is, well, one thing I had an issue with was when we went to have a meeting for our youngest son, one of the things the teachers would say is this child isn't doing this, this child isn't doing this, this child isn't doing this. But one of the things that really bothered me that the teachers don't do is they don't, they just allow the children to fail. They don't, when, when they start failing, there's no note that goes out, and, and they're about two weeks behind on grades. So by the time we see it, they're already in a hole. Now, they want these kids to complete, they want these kids to complete these assignments by the end of the day. And it takes a teacher two weeks to grade. So the child has just as many hours in school as that teacher does. Why is the expectation different? Yeah. Well, and if you talk to the boys' pediatrician, he was like, for each assignment, like, you know, with Sully, he should be given two days to complete the one assignment. And, well... To be able to focus on the one assignment. Like, he's like, how do you get an assignment done in 50 minutes for a kid that can't? focus 100% of his exactly. attention. Exactly. Well, it's I think it'd be hard for a kid that doesn't have attention issues. Um, but, you know, a lot of teachers feel un unappreciated. Well, and they are. And, and they are. And underpaid. And underpaid. But we have and taken... Well, a lot of them don't have parents of children like us. That's true. That give a shit about what their kid's doing. That's they true. just send them off to be babysat. I, and I, teachers are educators. They are not babysitters. So do not send your children to school and expect someone else to correct their behavior. Um, as, as far as I'm concerned, if my children become a distraction, remove them from the classroom and discipline them. So they're not distracting other Send children. them to the office. And we will deal with it appropriately from there. The school will deal with it how they see fit, and we'll deal with it at home how we see fit. And that the schools have lost a lot of parents just send their kids to school to be babysat. And when their kid does something wrong or when their kid doesn't like something, they come and defend the child instead of the adult. 
you know, uh, and, and which forces teachers to be in, in a situation where it's very uncomfortable dealing with a screaming parent when, you know, the kid's telling a sugar-coated version of the story to make themselves look better, and the teacher is, is trying to make, you know, the situation go away. So, again, you have that classic his side, her side, somewhere in the middle, there's the truth. And so you have to dig sometimes to get that middle ground but i always find it and uh but one of the issues that i have like is just the expectations for children it's insane it is insane for okay you get up as an adult and go to teach uh your your teacher let's just you know play a thought experiment here you say your teacher you get up you go to school that's your job is to teach and you go to class and with our district they don't make up their own classes they don't make up their own they i think they might do their own syllabus but they have the curriculum fed to them in this district so they have to run on an approved curriculum that is set by the district and once they do that, they, it's on them to come up with their own syllabus and how they're going to teach that course. But there's no there's no grading system on them. So let's just say we live in a it's the sixth largest city of Missouri. So it's it's not a small town. There's a population of seventy five thousand people here, so it's not a big town either. It's not a big city. I, I guess you could call it a big town. That would be more appropriate. Uh, but we live in a pretty good sizable district, and our class sizes are about 30 to 35 kids. And let's just say, for the sake of argument, let's just say 30 kids. And I'm a teacher. I have 30 kids that I'm teaching three of them are failing that makes my six that that makes my failure rate as a teacher for that hour ten percent uh, so three kids out of 30 are failing that gives me as a teacher for that hour a ten percent failure rate which is unacceptable and if people looked at things that way and held teachers accountable for what they are able to control maybe things might be a little bit different i mean that's how it's looked at in college like when i went to college those it's professors like, were rated kind of like grade, grading on a curve kind of yeah. yeah and they were i mean not only did the students rate the teacher at the end of the semester the professor but then we also had administrators come in and set and observe what the professor was teaching at the end of the year yeah. as well. And we don't we don't have that at the public school level. And I remember when I went to school in my small town, we had administrators come in our classrooms and, and audit. watch our teachers. Yeah, that happened at the small town I was in too mm -hmm. for a little bit before I got lost in the shuffle. Uh, but yeah, I I I think. 
that we've put too much responsibility on children starting at the seventh grade or, or a lot of places start at the sixth grade where they change classes. You know, we expect these children to get their jobs done, which is school, in seven hours. Well, and it's like me, like with my employees, like I observe them and I see how they perform and you know, if they're having issues, I jot their name down and then like, okay, what can we do to help this yeah, person Yeah, you take that opportunity to, tra- to retrain you know? or help train them further. So how is an employee different than a child? If I have 75 employees and you see 75 children a day, like in your class, I don't know. I think it's more than 75 children. Well, I'm sure it is, but <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just. If you, if you take 30 times 7. I'm just, that's how my brain works is I'm like, okay, if I have a problem student, like, okay, like I'm making a note to myself, like, hey, I need to see what the deal is with the student. Maybe they learn a different way, you know, they take in information a different way. Um, And that's exactly it. That not every kid is the same, are they? No. And that goes to, you know, what we, that imperfect parenting and, and unconventional parenting is because each of us is different each one of us each person on earth is different and that's what makes us the same you know there's right now we're having an issue with our middle son wanting to be different he always wants to be different from everybody else got to do it different and i tell him all the time you know what you, you our differences that's what makes us the same you know, it's and, and, and explaining it to him like, you know, you want to be different, but you're different is a whole lot of you, you are putting yourself in a group of people by being different. You are acting just like this group over here. And it doesn't make you an individual any more than it does it, it, me being part of a group that's a different group than that group. It doesn't make me in, in any more of an individual being part of this group than you being part of this group. Right. We, that, that's a, those individual differences is what really makes us the same. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, like just me growing up, like I felt like I was, I could relate to every different clique that I went to school with, you know, and me too. I think like with except for the jocks like with silly, well I played a lot of sports and then you know also was in the FFA and <laughs> so like I was everywhere but like I tell Sully you know like hopefully he finds in high school his little niche of people that want to be different just like him in, imperfect parenting and and uh, unconventional parenting I use a lot of curse words in my parenting you know, if uh, uh, my kids know I have little terms of endearment that, you know, if you heard them come out of my mouth and if you heard me talking to my children a certain way, it might upset you. But they know that's just dad, you know, and it's kind of like I told the school counselor that one time well, I can't see my husband calling our kids whirly birds. Oh, you whirly bird. She goes, well, sometimes I call my girls whirly birds. Oh, no. An <laughs> asshole, maybe. 
you know, because I do have some asshole kids, but I am an asshole, and that's where they learned it. So, you know, that's that's how we get to be where we are. You know that exact moment when you look at your kid, they're just like me. You know that exact moment, don't you? You've had that moment a few times, haven't you? Yeah. Me too. Me too. And I've had that moment with my nieces, my nephews. I'm like, oh, my God, you are your father's son. Yeah. Or, oh, my God, you are your mother's daughter, you know? Yeah. And so that's that's real funny how things happen. Like, they, they genetically, we can pass things down. Like, for the way our mouths look while we're saying a certain word, that can be genetic. It's kind of weird, but, um, you know, we never got to do, got to the part of our, our notes here where we talk about what we like to do. We love to travel. We love to travel. What's, what's one thing that we do that's different than every other parent that you know? I, I know I got it. It's different than that. We take our kids traveling and on vacations during the school year. Oh yeah, we do do that. I mean, you don't want to go to Florida in July. We tried that one time. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> oh my goodness, it was like so. Florida, it, I do, if you, if any of you have been to Florida, it's located on the surface of the sun uh, in June, July, August, pr- pr- pretty much all summer. It's located on the sun. Uh, I don't know how you Floridians do it, but I love Florida. Um, it's such a dirty, st- it you know, it is. <laughs> I love it, but it's a dirty state. It's 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 it's. Cat uh, Williams had a joke one time. Is is the dirtiest, nastiest, most effed up, most beautiful? You know. Yeah. <laughs> Florida's like that for me. I have a love hate relationship with Florida. I love Florida nine months out of the year. I think it was, you know, our Bradenton, Florida experience oh that goodness. gave us like the, ooh, like we don't want to go back there. I lost a hairbrush on that trip. When that, what was that beach we went to that was like not what the picture showed? Siesta Key. Oh my, yeah. Siesta Key Beach. Now, in their defense, there was a lot of, a lot of construction going on. They were in the in the process of rebuilding that boardwalk down there because it had been hit by a storm. That sand on that beach did not look anything like the picture. No, it was. And you didn't go hard. in those restrooms. It was really packed hard. No, I didn't because they were scary. Yeah, they were scary. Man, Imagine I'm taking your, you know, five year old in a scary bathroom. And and we did go during low tide as well, so the tide was way out. We had to walk. We had to walk to the water, and it was. What do you say? A block and a half yeah, from probably. from the boardwalk to the water. Yeah, and so it was low tide when we went. And that was an issue, and then the weather was crappy, and then you know Sully had a sunburn from hell. So and Caleb thought he had a cool seashell that started moving. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> what was a hermit crab? I don't know. It was bit like you know the shell is like that big. Yeah, yeah. So we were out in nature. Uh, you know, and we pick up, a, our son picked up a seashell, and then he had it all on our stuff, and I'm just kind of sitting over there just casually watching the waves, and, you know, uh, 
watching everybody swim around and everything, and then my my towel starts moving, and then next thing you know, I'm ah, you know. That was a pretty big crab that came out. Or yeah, I don't like creepy crawlies anyway, but those things are ugly. <laughs> you know, I used to have one as a pet, but you know, it was ugly too. But uh, uh, one thing that we do. That's, that I don't know a whole lot of parents that do this is we take our kids on vacations and on trips during the school year. And the biggest reason for that is so we can go whenever we want to. But during those trips, we always take a little time out to do something educational. And I was real worried about, you know, the kids missing out on school because I'm very big. The education is very important. Even though I don't have a very big formal education, um, I still like to learn things. And uh, that's a, another thing I want to talk about is people stop learning after high school. Why? But anyway, when we decided to take our kids on, I forget where we went, where we were going in the middle of the school year. I think it was Omaha. I can't remember. Chicago. Yeah, we were Chicago. going to Chicago. And uh, there was... Oh. Good morning, Rocket. You don't want me to wear glasses? Well, we're going to have to wrap this up, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, anyway, when... Oh, there he is. This is our youngest son, Rocket. Hi. Say hi, Rocket. Hi. Say good morning. Good morning. I don't know if we're ever going to release <laughs> this because it's got that's his face mom's. in it. But yeah, that's mom's. That's mom's. Oh. When we went to Chicago. Button. One of the yeah, thing, the one thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to go on vacation during the school year. And we, we went to Chicago. And before we did that, I wanted to go speak with the, our son's teachers and his principal and explain what we're doing, why we're doing it, and why we're doing it in the middle of the school year. And during that meeting, his teacher said something that made sense to me. She says, you know... 90% of learning happens outside the classroom anyway. Take your kids on vacation and have a great time. And don't forget to learn. And so I took that little lesson, and I'll always remember that. Is most learning happens outside the classroom. And when we go on vacations, I always try to make it a point to go somewhere or stop somewhere educational and... We go and the kids learn something. We learn something. I love museums, you know, and as far as being an unconventional parent goes, just know, we're, and we're going to close with this, nothing ever goes to plan when it comes to parenting. Nothing ever goes the way you think it will. And if it does, consider yourself lucky. It's not going to happen next time. And uh, it doesn't matter how much you try to be perfect. You'll never be perfect. 
So don't strive for perfection. Strive for love. Love your kids. Love your spouses. And love your family. And until next week, we'll see you. <laughs>